Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, bots and cons to Tech Talk, the officially unofficial Transformers TCG podcast. I'm joined, as always, by Scott of VectorSigma.info. And Scott, we're finally back from Gen Con. It simultaneously, for me, feels like it was quite literally a few days ago, but also an eternity ago because there were a lot of things that went on. Cool. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, it, it, there was a lot of games being played. There were a lot of people. There were a lot of new faces that I met. It was really cool to actually put faces to names and YouTube channels and all kinds of things. So uh, it was definitely very exciting. But I do have a question for you, Scott, before okay. we dive right into things. So when you first got back from the trip, so you you got, because you flew and I, I drove, but when you got back and you, you got back home, you pulled into your driveway... What was your first thought when you first got back? Was it just going back to sleep? Um, no, because like we didn't do anything on Sunday, so it wasn't that big of a deal. Okay. Um, so I just had like you know see my dogs, and I was off on Monday, so it wasn't a big deal. It was basically gotcha. like, how am I gonna put everything away? Basically, <laughs> for me, my wife and I, we pull in and we we got back relatively in the the early afternoon, and. My first thought was my house looks like something out of Jumanji because apparently the grass grew to like, it felt like eight feet tall. I tried mowing it today and it took way too long. The mower kept stopping. Um, yeah, it was, it was bad. So <laughs> I immediately got, got thrown right back into the real world after having a whole lot of fun at Gen Con, but it was a whole lot of fun. So I guess to, to kick things off. I did want to do a couple shout-outs, if you don't mind doing the props and slops section at the beginning, Scott. Sure. So I wanted to give a shout-out, of course, to all my teammates at VectorSigma.info. Scott, you had handed me a deck list that got me a top eight finish. Uh, all the other guys, the patrons, the everybody was awesome. We had Watsy on site, so shout-out to them. Uh, it was great meeting the design team and everybody. Um, it was also awesome to as I said, put faces to all the other content creators. There are a number of them in our area, but meeting all of the other ones out there, all of the new people. I actually had a bunch of people come up to me and say, your voice sounds real familiar, but I don't <laughs> quite recognize the face. Are you? And I'm like, yeah, that, I'm, I'm that goon that's running his mouth all the time on Tech Talk. So um, I wanted to give a quick shout out to everybody and also a shout out to my wife who definitely put in extra effort to help and take care of me this weekend as we were uh, we were playing some Transformers. So uh, anything along those lines you want to call out before we jump into it, Scott? No, I mean, it was a good time had by all. Um, the Watsi staff was very open, honest, um, and gave a lot of their timing. Besides, I mean, we already have an interview up there with them, but I saw um, other content creators had interviews with them as well. Yes. Um, and they were very open with what they, as they usually are with like what they were talking about. Um, Absolutely. And we're very engaging in conversations. Um, you know, thanks to Pastime for putting on the event. Um, I know it can be difficult given the, uh, like just the vast amount of stuff that was going on between like, you know, oh, there was an incredible amount of stuff. Yeah, I mean, just like the blaster sound wave thing having to be on sale, and I know like it sold out first day. I know it didn't sell out all the other days, but like right. you know, they eventually wound up giving them out for prize tickets, which was awesome. Yes. Um. So I have like eight of them. Um. <laughs> so, I mean, that was that was really cool. Um. Uh. You know, thanks to my teammates. Thanks to uh. Uh, the terrible restaurants we went to at times. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, some of them. Some of them might leave something to be desired. For, yeah. which is something to keep in mind for the next go around but um 
you know, thanks to the patrons, especially the ones that were uh, that stayed with us. Uh, that it made the made the weekend better to see a lot of you succeed. Um, some of that was like more was like more satisfying than uh, even like on my own finishes, for example. Right. Um, you know, props to all <laughs> the um, all the top eight. Props to Kevin Allen for for winning. Yes, absolutely. Top four, top eight, and one that made it. Um, you know, and, and just props to the number of people that played. I mean, like we yet again, as expected, it was the largest Transformers event. Um, each day, like you know, the 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 eleven a.m. one of that day was the same one from the. It was the, um, you know, the the Thursday one was the largest event ever. The Friday one was the largest event, second largest event ever, et cetera. Like right. it, it went down from there, but like, I mean, it started out with 78 players in the first one. So yes, know, thanks to everybody who played. Um, it was not, it was not easy to, to make your way into the top 32 of this event, just given the, the sheer number of players. Absolutely. And the, uh, the new format and all that. So, um, yeah, so it was a good time. Yeah. It, there was, an astonishing level of both from quantity of players, the quality of players, the people that you had to go through in order to make the big show on for the playoff day, as well as get through those playoffs. It was definitely a challenge. So shout out to all the competitors. And like Scott said, definitely shout out to Kevin for taking it down. Um, but let's, before we get into talking about the the end of the event that last day let's bring it back to thursday for example <clears throat> or sure. you had gotten in on wednesday correct yeah so yeah paint us a picture i know there if you haven't seen them already everybody out there listening or watching there are videos at end of day recaps that the team tried to put together i know i'm in some but not all and we kind of shuffle people around but uh you can definitely check those out for the in the moment thoughts but now that you've had some time to digest Anything exciting from Wednesday to report? <laughs> uh, Gen Con continues to be uh, absolutely atrocious at its uh, at its badge <laughs> and its ticket system. Uh, in the year 2019, I shouldn't have paper tickets to uh, for events. It's just ridiculous mm. considering they own they have an app. To be fair, it's a tabletop convention, so I guess maybe there's there there is a uh, division between those. Maybe I don't know. I don't know. There's seventy thousand people there, so fair. Yeah, yeah that's good. There's definitely they're definitely making enough money as a convention company to up their technology. At a certain point, there is also a logistical thing where it's just okay. This is more efficient to do it this other way. <laughs> yeah, it's it's ridiculous. Like I mean, so I mean, the construction in the city caused us to take an hour to get back from the airport, mm -hmm. and so like we so like we have reservations. At, so we had reservations at eight o'clock at night for a restaurant. And I'm like, oh, no problem, because our flight's at, like, you know, getting in at, like, 3 o'clock. What? Yeah, well, by the time you get your luggage, and then all this traffic that was occurring, and then this ridiculous Gen Con line, <laughs> where I couldn't even get my badge until the next morning at 7.30 in the morning anyway, because I had a press badge, but, like, everybody else needed to get theirs, and we had to get our tickets, and I was at, at the will call, and it's just like, like, what, what are we, like, why is this line so ridiculous? Like, this is just ridiculous. Like, there's just no other word for it. Like, how, it's just how bad it is. Yeah, typically for us, we always, my wife and I always end up getting them shipped to us, but because of the way the Transformers events came down, we needed to do the tickets and ended up having to stand in that line. So, yeah, it, it could have been worse for us, at least. We were in line for a while, but it wasn't 
as obscene as I saw it on some other days where it's stretched outside and around the building. It's just unreal how bad it is. I just don't understand it, considering the day and age that we're in. It's just right. unreal. No, that makes sense. Well, aside um, from from woes in the uh, <laughs> in the ticket line, um, anything else exciting come up? Well, the dinner was good. The Mexican place we went to was good. I mean, we had, we hung out with a bunch of patrons and the team mm-hmm. that was there. Um, so that was that was good. Um, and then we got our Airbnb, which is the first time I was in an Airbnb at a convention. And I got to say, like, um, like for the money, like we were probably like a half hour away. Uh-huh. But I have to say, like for the money, I don't think I'll ever stay in a hotel again. It's just a, getting your own room and getting your own bed, like getting your own bed first. Which is a which is a necessity for me. <laughs> it's a, a long way from uh, sleeping in bathtubs when you were a yes. grinder. <laughs> yes. Well, I never. Yes. Have. I didn't, but people have. Yeah, yeah. Like no more, no sleeping on the floor. Like everyone has their own room. Like people have their mm. own rooms or own, own beds right. at a minimum. Own rooms often. Um, like I would just highly recommend looking into the Airbnb route instead of the hotel. Like even if you're staying in like a large hotel room, you're still kind of on top of each other. And here, like I didn't feel like we were on top of each other at all. Yeah. Having Um, seen that place, it seemed pretty nice. Our, uh, our hotel that we stayed in, cause I didn't end up staying with the team. Uh, cause it was my wife and I, we, uh, it left some, (laughs) some things to be desired. So, yeah, and if we had decided to go and do this route earlier, I'm sure we'd have even a closer or nicer place. So, like, right. I w- I'm definitely going to go this route again. It was definitely worth it. Awesome. So, you ended up getting everything. You get in the room, or you go to eat, you get in the room. Were you guys testing up until the last second? I know you, Scott, probably had everything lined up, but was everybody else still jittery before the event? I don't think so. Um, I think one of what we kind of discussed was that people were just going to play what they were comfortable with in the first day because it just mm. we anticipated just... So if you looked on the app, it told you how many tickets were left, and the Thursday right. morning one was by far the most sold pre-sold event. Understandably, um, yeah. Of the four, so we just felt like playing whatever you were comfortable with was going to be, like, the route to go. Mm. So for me, I don't even think I made any... I don't even remember if I made any last-second changes to my deck on day one at all. So I think I just went with what, like, we like the like the true veteran he knows coming in. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, well, I was gonna learn, like, I wasn't testing some, like, we met, we tested a bunch of the matchups, like, so it just came down to like being field tested against the, like, what was out there and like right. what people had done with with siege to um, either update or create decks. Mm. Um, so there was nothing more I could really do about it and i was tired anyway so like because i told him like because i had to lug my luggage around with me this whole time like this whole from getting off the plane until we got to the the room so right like the the airbnb so like i had my giant bag with way too much stuff in it um, with <laughs> yeah. me the whole time so that could be an issue i could see that yeah. slowly draining you for my yeah. part i ended up just i mean i told i remember saying in discord weeks ago months ago maybe however long ago that this Soundwave versus blaster uh 35th anniversary edition was first revealed i said i'm i mean i said i knew what i was playing i don't think i advertised what it was but i was planning on playing Soundwave or a lionizer deck or really a fire drive deck but we'll talk about that another time (laughs) um it, it ended up evolving so i at least this time i didn't do what i've done for a lot of local events which was I'm deciding what I'm playing quite literally on the drive there, or maybe as I'm at the event sitting down trying to register decks, which I actually saw a number of people throughout the weekend. They definitely had that dilemma of, 
I'm holding two deck deck lists or two sheets. I'm holding two deck boxes. I don't know which one I'm going to play. And they're about to start in like two minutes. And that was a position I definitely was making every effort to not be in, especially for something this size. Good. So um, we made it through at least the night before. The day of anything exciting before we actually dove into it, Scott, for you guys? So we had to pick up our badges at 7.30 in the morning because we had press badges. So mm. we drove in. Um, we got dropped off on site, picked up our badges, went to first watch and had breakfast um, with a friend of mine that is now going to start playing. Um, but it was uh, Dan, Mark, myself, and, the, and my friend John. Uh, we had a you know full-on breakfast. Everything was good. Um, and then, like, because the event didn't start till 11, we had plenty of time. Yeah. So, um I mean, we got back to this, you know, filled our deck list and all that kind of stuff. I, I actually had my deck list filled out the night before, so like, <laughs> we kind of just chilled at breakfast for a while because, yeah, um, we just had time to kill until eleven, so we didn't turbo or anything like that. So, yeah, I'm, oh no, we okay. we had to get the blast reverse sound. We had to get the blast reverse sound because I thought they were going to sell out. Right. It's going to be harder to get them, so I bought. <coughs> um, Dan didn't want his, so I bought two on day one. Um, and so I had to lug those around with me until I left them on the table when I was watching you. Point, <laughs> yeah. but, but, um, I mean, we were going to bring that up later. We didn't get that far yet. <laughs> I had them on me the whole time. So yeah. Because I didn't want to put them like put them in the bag or anything because I don't want the, the box to get all Get beat up. up. So, so if you, yeah. for anybody out there who hasn't seen them, the box actually is really nice and I should have kept it by here, but it actually has G1 style toy art on the back of it. Which makes yeah. it, it looks fantastic. Anybody who had the toys as a kid, you're going to appreciate what it looks like. It actually, to me, it looks like a, a pretty solid display piece almost, but I wanted to play with the card, so I had to crack it open. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. For ours, it, it was funny because we specifically, I know my wife had mentioned she went out of her way to say, oh, we're going to get this hotel because they have breakfast. And we go down there and it was like literally barren. So we had to scramble from the hotel to get there to try and find something to eat, which is not already not a good start to the day for obvious reasons. Mm. But we did get there early enough that, yeah, we were able to get in line, pick up the uh, the Blaster vs. Soundwave set, sit down, start talking to people, just kind of relax before the event, which I'll bring it up in a minute as we get into the actual event itself. It didn't help in this case, but it is something that I try and do in general get to the event early, make sure I'm not rushing at the last second, try and figure out Well, we found out that you have to register twice effectively to make sure that you got in the yeah. event. Um, yeah. So it was good to be there a few minutes early, but I guess without getting too far into it, what did you end up playing, Scott, in the very first event? I played the general, range general optimist deck. Okay, so we're you should... Maybe by the time this is live, we, we might already have a deck tech up, but you should expect one if it's not explaining that deck and the details because it is a really cool build. But how did that carry you through the event? I lost my first round and won all the rest. Nice. So. Seems, sounds I, I, like it did I, okay. <laughs> I, I, drew in, I drew in the last round, obviously. but um, uh, Right, right. Uh, I was 0-1 to, well, I guess it was 5-1. Okay. And, um, yeah, uh, no games... I don't think any of my games really came down to time. Um, I faced... So, like, first round I lost to... I lost to basically the same deck I lost to in the top four. It was, like, you know, a Cliff Jumper based Lionizer deck. I think the one I played against was... Okay. Was SRB. So, like, he basically... 
even though I knew like what I quote knew what the plan was in order to like basically try to take out my optimist as soon as possible. I was like, Oh, I'll just, you know, instead of keeping him in truck mode, I'll, uh, I'll get him to bot mode to like be more defensive, but he was still able to one shot me because I wasn't set up. So he gave me less time to set up. And then I know I lost that in three games. And then like I played, I want to say it's something like two bugs, two aerial bots, which I thought was pretty random. Um, <laughs> there were a lot more of those floating around in general than I would have thought, to be perfectly honest. Yeah, to be honest, the Thursday one, like, even though it had the most players, I would say it also had the most, I kind of just updated my Wave 2 deck kind of situations that I noticed. Gotcha. Um, I, I, you know, as the weekend went on and people saw what other people were playing, obviously that changed. Of course. Um. I don't, what else, I don't remember what else. It's kind of a bore, obviously, but... Um. Yeah, you're calling out who you played. I remember very specific <laughs> matches, so I apologize in advance to all my opponents because I didn't write anything down. And yeah, I, I didn't write all, I didn't yeah. write all And be, I'm terrible with names, so I apologize in advance. They, it was great playing everybody, but all of them kind of are running together. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I... I I think I know I like I said I know I played two robots I know I played at least two bugs and I know I played at least two ionizer decks and went I think yes yeah, so that would have been it and went one on one against them and then I drew so yeah that's exactly what happened gotcha so it was pretty much like you know playing decks I was I, I didn't test against robots but obviously I know the style of deck is very good against them I feel as though you played it a few times before so you yeah. may may have had some experience. Uh -huh. <laughs> Yeah, I played with it a few times. So just uh, just a few. <laughs> I knew who my I knew who my correct targets were. That's yes. For sure. um, um, okay. And it provided very bad, very bad options for them when their when their option was basically to attack someone that they weren't going to do a lot of damage to, or uh, attack a uh, a battle master that they didn't want to turn into a, <laughs> in, a weapon. So in general, you probably don't want to punch those guys if you can help it. <laughs> yeah. No, like when they became superior on it, I'm like, yeah, pitch my all hand and do all this other stuff, take 27 or something like that. Literally, <laughs> like, it wasn't very good for them. I was about to say, did your opponent, I'm assuming that they just kind of sat back and went, well, okay. <laughs> yeah, well, I wasn't, I didn't, wait, that's not the one that has the bold four? No, nope, sorry. <laughs> so. Yeah. Well, it sounds like it, it worked out pretty well for you. So, obviously, that got you into the Saturday event because of that. Uh, for my part in the first event, I ran the same deck through all the events. And as we go through the other ones, I know you change things up a little bit, Scott. So we'll, we'll talk about that in a few minutes. I actually went O2 drop, which was, and this is why I was talking about it or brought it up earlier that I always like to show up early for events, kind of relax, try and mentally prepare for what I'm going to do. And I just to be perfectly honest, I wasn't feeling it in the first event. I sat down, and it was like, I'm playing, but it, I don't know if anybody else feels this, but I know for me, there are times where I'm playing, and it's almost like an out-of-body thing where I can feel myself not playing properly, but it's tough to get myself back on track. So it was almost, for me, the first event became a warm-up event just to get myself adjusted, because after I did that, I went and got food, I walked through, you know, 
two rows of the dealer hall because there was like a thousand, like a hundred yeah. million people. So there was no way to get through anything. Yeah, so uh, five hours later, you arrived at the, the booth you were trying to get to. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I didn't even try to make it across. I basically just went across and went to the other door because there was no yeah. shot otherwise. Yeah. So I, I met up with my wife and we went and got some food, just kind of hung out and then came back. And it, as silly as it may sound for me, it, it, Getting practice games, even though I did test the deck, it was just, it gave me a warm up almost. It was, I kind of, as I was thinking about it, preparing for the show today, the way I would describe it, if anybody played sports either in high school or college or anything beyond, I played football and lacrosse. And one of the things was some of the times when you, you line up at the first play and you still have a lot of jitters because it's like pregame and you're amped up and you're ready to go. But the first time you get hit in the mouth you then kind of relax and then you settle into a groove. And that's kind of the way it worked. Like I, I got my butt kicked and I got hit in the mouth in, in uh, the first event. And then it kind of settled out as I went into the second one. Yeah. There was probably also for you just because I felt this way as well. Like there's just such a desire to qualify right away so that you could relax for the next Absolutely, day yeah. for the next night. And for the, for like that night. And that, cause it was like, you know, again, some of my friends that weren't playing at the time were like, oh, do you want to go to dinner tonight? It's like, I have no way of saying yes or no. Like, yes, no way. Because Absolutely. Like, I don't know if I'm going to be playing in the late one. Like, the way it turned out is like, I think something like you were done like three or four rounds by the time we were even able to go to dinner. So like, yeah, it was fine. But like, it was kind of like that. Like, you, you just couldn't do anything. You couldn't make any mental plans. Yeah, there was too much uncertainty than- surrounding yeah. it. Other than just playing, like that's all. Like you were in, you you knew you were in for a long day, regardless, and you could have even been in for a longer one if, like, you hadn't um, finished like the second one in time and things like that. Absolutely. So the one thing, and I don't want to get too far ahead of it, but uh, speaking of the later events, if you had the opportunity to go to one of these, I mean, at this stage, it's your store qualifiers or the last chance qualifiers, and. To my knowledge, we don't have a whole lot of details as to what that schedule is going to look like on site. But where I'm going with this is, yeah, you to echo Scott's point, you want to get that qualification in the early events because let me tell you, even though I did qualify in the Thursday, we'll call it afternoon, even though it finished up after midnight, it started at four. We didn't finish. In, like I don't think I got back to the hotel until 1230 or so. Point being is the next day I got up to play in the Friday morning one and I was beat. Like I could feel it. It actually, it actually helped me to be honest a little bit because then my brain wasn't quite going a thousand miles an hour and it was just, okay, I need to stop, take a breath and focus. But I, I don't suggest being that tired going into an event. We'll put it that way. Yeah, Um, I would agree. So you ended up qualifying. Uh, Do you know off the top of your head who else? had gotten it from that event uh myself mark and palmer all qualified in the first event okay do you know what they were playing offhand uh mark was playing cars traditional cars with a uh, prow wheeljack and um uh the bumblebee trusted lieutenant and palmer was playing the same deck as you nice yeah so <clears throat> i as i mentioned i ended up playing blaster and you were right we we were three or four rounds in before you guys were 100% done with everything that was going on. As I yeah, said, there were, I, lo- there were some logistical issues that caused the, the oh, round yeah. to be delayed. So, Well, there, there were across the weekend. Again, we mentioned it because of all the things going on. There was just a lot of stuff to take care of. 
Um, yeah. So I ended up. So in the last round, we were trying to figure out <laughs> whether we could draw in the last round of my event, and it turns out we we couldn't because of some weirdness, because of some unintentional draws earlier in the event. And I was lining up against Kevin, our eventual winner, and I ended up beating him there, but he ended up getting in at eighth. So we we ended up facing off again later on in the top 32 as a spoiler, but uh, it the event went very late. I think our event still had a lot of the aerial bot players, so we had a number of rounds that were going to time. Uh, we had a, There were a lot of aerial bot versus bugs matchups that went to time. Uh, which surprised me to some extent, but it happened. I'm going to try to find it, but do you know your ranking in the, like before you went into the last round when you didn't know if you could draw or not? Do you know your ranking? No, we didn't. I don't believe they, at least I didn't see them post standing. So the part of the issue for us, and just to give everybody a picture of of what's going on. So you can intentional draw for anybody out there that's not aware. Uh, Based on the way the math works out in the next to last and last round, generally the higher seeds can draw the last few rounds and then they're guaranteed. In our case, there were going into the last round, I want to say four 401s, uh, a number of X1s, I want to say six or eight, and then a bunch of X11s. So basically, if the X11s won and the X1s didn't, or they drew, it, it ended up being weird so that breakers would determine certain slots. Hmm. It, it was very odd. Now, I'm not the one to, to to do that math. That's definitely your territory, Scott, so I'd have to show you, and to be honest, I don't think I have that information. Yeah, I think the main I think the main issue is the easiest way that I could tell people to do it is, like, if you were in a slot Going into the round, you are generally okay to draw and stay somewhere within the top eight. You can get passed by people that would get three points somehow. Right. But still generally, like, the safest thing to do is just, like... Because I remember in my event, like, I was fifth or sixth, and he was fifth or sixth, and we just, like, forget it. We're just going to draw. We're fine. And then, like, I wound up at seventh or something. (laughs) He wound up at sixth or something. Like, we got passed by, like, one person. Like, it wasn't a big deal. Right. Now, in this case, especially because the the process for the top 32 seating is still very much a black box as far as i know we and it's again ran, it's random is it completely random yeah okay i didn't realize that was the case yeah. um yeah, i mean that random. that makes sense but uh i was going to say the watsi guys were incredible all weekend with with being very forthcoming about a whole variety of topics i know there were there were people that were busting their chops about well who designed such and such a card and then <laughs> whoever it was turned around and goes well actually i did and it, it was kind of a <laughs> oh well that's a little awkward um, <laughs> and i do want to okay on that subject before we move on i wanted to point out i was desperately trying to get matt to sign my blaster because apparently he designed blaster and he was busting my chops because of some of the things we said before about blaster when we first reviewed him so it didn't end up happening because i couldn't find a sharpie for the life of me but uh maybe at pax we'll see he won't be there but yeah oh well in that case i guess not <laughs> womp womp well, well for the future we'll, we'll figure it out at some point down the road um yep anyway so, uh, like I said, I ended up qualifying that event and then was super beat for Friday. Uh, but there were two more events, and we only ended up playing in one. It, and 
you did change it up there, right, Scott? Yeah, I played Blaster. Now, your version and mine were off by, I think, a few cards, mostly sideboard changes, but a couple things in the main deck. How did it treat you over the course of the event? That was great. The deck, fun. The deck's fun, right? Yeah. <laughs> the deck is really fun, but it's really good. Like, Do you remember what you played against, Like, did you, or did you just steamroll everybody and you don't even remember? No, I played against Insecticons a couple times. I played against um, Aerobots a couple times. I played against Lionizer decks a couple times. I played against, I know, Dinobots in one round. Mm-hmm. Um, I lost to three-wide Optimus Traditional Battlefield Legend, but it wasn't a traditional build, but that's not why I lost. I just don't okay. know how. I mean, I was in... I know I lost game one as the four-wide version one game two when we would sideboard down to the three wide version and just mm. basically I think we we went really long in game three and like because I was on the play my attacks weren't as optimal for lack of a better term um, right so it, like I didn't just I just didn't have enough good opportunities to actually get at his optimus before his was suited up before mine was so like makes sense um, it just wasn't as good as it could have been but uh you know so i wound up going 4-2 losing and then i lost a mirror match uh to one of our teammates so um everything was i mean i went 4-2 i you know i was only one match away from top eating again no one on the weekend like quote twice um so, so no pass downs there were no pass downs or anything right. like that so i mean for me to play a different deck and understand i mean i think I mean, you can tell me if i'm if, if you i know i learned things about the deck which i hope helped you in the rebuilding of it for Saturday. Absolutely, yeah. You know. For sure. Um, That was part of the reason why I had stuck with it, because I felt pretty confident about the deck, but in general, it was, I'm already here, this is the deck I plan on playing on Saturday. I guess I could have not played it to not show more people what it does and how it works. I know there was, uh, and I don't want to take credit for it, but I know there were other blaster builds aside from us so i don't know if we inspired them or they just said well i already queued so what the hell i'm gonna crack open the blaster versus sound wave and try it but there definitely were other people running that although it was also a different squad so they started three wide for example if i recall correctly or started blaster alone or something like that i think also right uh, I didn't see that one, but I wouldn't be surprised. I know there were a okay. few. Um, okay. The one that I was thinking of, I'm pretty sure, was with General Optimus, which was our sideboard plan. Sideboard over. Yeah, yeah, but they, they started with it main. Point being is that okay. I I guess I could have taken the route where I, I tried to hide the information and play something totally unrelated, but I felt it would be more beneficial just to get additional live reps. Uh, I mean, we tested a lot with it leading into Gen Con, but there's, uh, there's a lot... I think you and I define a lot a little bit differently. <laughs> what was that? I think we define a lot a little bit differently. Well, I would... We made, I made it the last day before we left, basically, like before, like the last testing we had. Well, we ran... Um, I was running a bunch of other games with yeah, it, aside sure. from that, but um, yeah. it, that specific version, yes, because I had other people in the... or other bots in the Fire Drive slot, but it was mostly... Where I'm going with it is mostly I wanted to get more live fire reps against other people just okay i'm in an unknown situation how do i navigate this because going into the top 32 at least for me i saw what had qualified in my event excuse me 
I saw some of the other things that qualified from other events, but it's still, since you're not married to the deck going in, people could just show up with whatever. So it was very much I wanted to have as wide a, a breadth of experience as I could. It seemed like most people played what they qualified with, but I can't say that for sure. Yeah, uh, I, I know, I believe Mark has a list of it if... Uh, Wizards hasn't officially released what everybody was playing by the time this goes live. Uh, but yeah, a lot of people seem to go back to whatever got them that far, which I can understand. Yeah, I mean, and we could talk about this at another date, but like mm. the the concept of us, of, of people in general, having to create a metagame in their kitchen table during testing means that you only really have your own information to rely on because they're like as right. I said numerous times there wasn't a lot of information publicly available about events that were had been going on and that will likely change as the year you know as the months and years go on as of we, course as there's just more local events being reported and things like that or there's you know if we have one of these where there's like a you know more seasons and things like that and they run into each other you'll have more of that but of course especially for a, a, a format that kicked off with a new set like this I mean, you're pretty much relying on how did your kitchen table testing go. Right. And so, like, if, if you decided this was the best thing you were going to run using a new set's worth of cards, chances are, like, you didn't really have a backup plan. So unless you knew for a fact that, like, you were weak against what other people had showed up with that you somehow completely missed. Uh -huh. like, it's like It's not like we didn't have Lionizer decks, but we didn't have... You know, we didn't have Cliff Jumper, Wheeljack, Lionizer, for example. We didn't have like, uh, you know, Lionizer, Fire, you know, Lionizer, B. Um, who else would fit in that slot? Uh, Cliff Jumper, things like we didn't have Cliff Jumper based Lionizer decks, for example. Mm -hmm. Um, in our, you know, pseudo gauntlet, we just had regular card types decks. So like, right. If I thought I was weak specifically against that build, then I would have played something different. Right. The Blaster deck. Um. But that wasn't the case, so I just relied on what I, the way I built the deck based on what I, you know, thought I was gonna face off against, and because I had done decently against those types of decks on the weekend, right? I didn't think it was that big of a deal for Saturday, and that makes sense. I mean, it on both ends. So if you if it got you that far, like you said, your own personal testing at your kitchen table or your local shop or your team or whatever informed you in a certain way. At a certain point, you have to trust the work that you've done. It got you that far, and then there you got to move forward. And like you said, it we didn't show up, and there wasn't a there was not a swap parts deck or something like that where no, it was okay. No. This came out of left field, and it just blows everybody out because it did this weird thing that no one saw coming. A lot of the deck, and I and this isn't meant to be derogatory in any fashion towards those decks, but like. Okay, it's a, it's a cars deck. Those are things that we've seen. Or, okay, this is a, a Lionizer deck. We've seen how those interact, those sort of things. The individual quirks and, of course, the pilot skill, etc., factor in. But it wasn't some humongously rogue deck, unless you saw something else there that I missed. No, but honestly, like, and this is not, this is not something I think that has been, again, I, I when listening back to old podcasts, I know I've hinted at it before, like... Mm -hmm. To me, even seeing like different ver like they're not different versions, but like you know, a four wide aggro deck is a four wide aggro deck is a four wide aggro deck. Like there's way like the way the game is currently positioned, there are just certain strategies you can use to combat 
what you're facing off against, like whether you're blue or orange, how many characters you have, right? You know, whether you're a combiner deck, things like that. Like, even if you slightly tweak the battle deck to like have some tech and to like tweak the characters in some way, shape, or form, you can probably still go into a matchup understanding, hey, during testing, I played a this way against this three wide deck. Like, you can take the same angle of play and still right. be like okay, like not great. Because you might not have seen certain things, but like, of course, the general concept still should hold up for a lot of that. So, and then post board, you can obviously adapt, or if you're, you know, you finish your previous round early, you can see, okay, well, I've that three wide deck, like you're describing. Oh, that's a weird thing that they just played. I'll keep that in mind going forward, sort of thing. Uh, but I agree with the general idea that if I'm seeing four wide orange decks across the table from me, or I'm seeing three wide blue decks. In general, you're going to take this strategic path and then just adapt it, adapt that plan based on what they happen to do individually. Yeah, and I'm, I'm, the reason I'm very happy with the decks that we played is because I think both of them offered a different line of play than opponents were used to. Like, oh, for sure. Um, you know, like the Blazer deck was completely different, where, you know, you start, as you mentioned in the. The, live, the deck tech you did, like, you start tall and you go wide, which right. again, just, that alone, and, and, and co- coupled with the you have a battle master, which is the first time a lot of people have played against them in... Absolutely. In, again, out of the kitchen table, um, offers its own problems, and then, with me playing General Optimus, like, as a mixed pip deck, people aren't used to, like, they're not used to when you are attacking with a bunch of guys that have, like, like barrage with bold that all of a sudden it's going to defend for two blues like because right. you have tough on all your guys it's, i think you just set up interact or like you have focus on a guy like that no one else has other than commons that people don't and uncommons that people don't play like so they haven't <laughs> right. they just haven't run into these abilities mm-hmm. so I, I tried to play decks that i thought would give me an edge on that aspect and i could see people not being used to playing against those types of strategies at least early in the weekend so for sure. There's definitely something to be said for finding those, I I don't want to call them rogue strategies, but unexpected ones where it's just that extra hesitation where your opponent can't go into, like we were describing, oh, it's a four wide orange deck. This is my plan of attack. Well, wait a minute. They start two and then they become four. And every time they have to make a decision, are they now second guessing themselves, which gives them a chance to either misplay and you to capitalize on it, etc. It opens up additional opportunities when you're playing those non-standard things. Yep. <clears throat> and we weren't the we weren't the only ones to do that. Oh yeah, and then yeah. I'm not. Yeah, I don't want to make it sound like uh, we're the only yeah. innovative people. There's definitely some unique no. things that showed up. So off the top of your head, was there anything else that? Either you're you're taken back or you you you're going into the lab with. I mean, the cars decks were interesting to me. I mean, what what to be honest with you, what really, and I don't think we're going to get into this today, but like, yeah, yeah, what really impressed me about a lot of the the decks, especially like some of the car builds, is I'm on record as saying like I think you know card advantage and card draw are overrated in this game. It's more about card sifting and getting what you actually want to draw. Mm-hmm. Um, on a turn-by-turn basis. But to me, it, it, it was the amount of card draw that existed outside of having to use an action to do it. Yeah, as opposed so, to playing pep talk or something right. similar. Yeah. 
So, so that's where the cliff jumper came into play. That's where the fire drive came into play. That's where shockwave came into play. That's where, mm-hmm. I mean, pseudo the blaster came into play by being able to play a card off the top. Yeah, it's a draw, air quotes. Yeah. Um, that's where, I mean, for, for me, it was fire drive. Um, I, I, you know, I always had a, a grip of cards, um, yeah. even just by him attacking just once. It really feels card. weird, and I said this in the video, not to cut you off, but fire drive... You don't realize when you go into your next turn, you know, you go first, you attack with fire drive, you go into your next turn, you have five cards. Yeah. It, it, the extra cards just, or extra card just, it, it gives you so many more options. It smooths so many wrinkles out. But it also means you don't have to play a, if he dies, you don't have to play a weapon. Exactly. So that so card, it saves that you card a, stays in your hand too. Yep. So it's a, it, another uh, hypothetical draw, potential draw that you saved you a play. Right, which which means which means to be honest with you, like we, there might be it might have been a way to build decks with like quote like less weapons, but that wouldn't have been as effective against blue decks that don't necessarily kill your. Right. So for for this meta, it might have been more effective to play less weapons. For example, I I know my deck was more slanted. I think it was heavier on the on the upgrade side. I have to check it, but um, um it might not have been necessary. For example, makes um, sense. But what that what that opened up for me, for example, is just the ability to play just more greens. Um, right, of in, course. In that case, so yeah, um, you've, you've mentioned your, uh, I guess, rule of thumb before, where it's number of greens equal to number of potential dead cards, sort yeah. of, which makes sense. Yeah, but I, de- I, I but uh, but definitely like some of the card builds that allowed you to cards over outside of combat. Mm. I mean, uh, they impressed me because the whole reason. Like we played Fire Drive over Lionizer, for example, was because we saw the power of the Peace of Tyranny turn on the Battlemaster. Right, you're giving yourself access to more cards to get to that. Um, yeah, you'd rather ha- again have it than not have it. <laughs> yeah, the cards decks did as well, so they kind of like mirrored that by just flipping a card that wasn't even the one they were attacking, with. drawing a card off that, mm-hmm. and then still having the Lionizer to attack with. For example, it's the same thing, quote unquote, as attacking with the Fire Drive, but like. Then, like, there were other decks that combined both of them together and were suddenly like, wow, now they're up two cards. Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's definitely ways I'm going to I'm gonna work things like that that I think incorporate some of those strategies. And there's also some other characters that I want to build decks around as well that I didn't see there at all. Yeah, um, oh, yeah. There's still a list of so. ideas that are on the, I don't want to say cutting room floor because that makes them sound like they're already dead, but it, they're still in the lab. As far as trying to do things, there were definitely some unique things that I played against that were really cool. Aside from, you know, what ended up taking down the event or the ones you were highlighting, there was one uh, that I keep coming back to that my opponent was running the the blue streak, the red alert, and uh, something else where where they relied on trying to find orange, white, and blue pips. But he was shorting the stars intentionally in order to play fuel caches, which is just a cool idea. Uh, he had mentioned he didn't have access to Slipstream, so I've been poking around at that. Maybe there's, maybe it ends up just being a Johnny deck where it's like, oh yeah, it's super cool when it works, but it may be super inconsistent. But it was a unique idea. Mm-hmm. Um, so speaking of unique ideas and rogue builds and things like that, before we get into talking about the the, the championship day, any have your thoughts changed or any other thoughts on? The fact that we got the set 30 days before we had to play the event. Because that's what it is looking like right now for PAX. That we're going to get Siege 2 and then 
bam, we're, we're going to be jumping right into it again. It's not that that bothers me. It's the fact that Origins didn't, and then this did. So I couldn't suspend my wave, my Rise of the Combiners base testing, mm-hmm. especially combined with the fact that sideboards had just come out. I couldn't, I couldn't stop testing Rise of the Combiners meta to right. start testing a, a Siege meta because the Origins event was going to feature the, quote, old meta. Right, right. So I don't care about the only having 30 days to do the set because I could have like printed proxies and things like that to test them, but I couldn't in this situation because I had another event to prepare for. Makes sense. I don't think we're going to be able to avoid that like because this is just when Origins and Gen Con fall. Yes. But maybe maybe next year Origins and Gen Con will both feature the same meta or something like that or like you know, I don't know, Origins will feature the set meta and then the like, you know, the the equivalent of the blaster versus sound wave will come out in between. Yeah. And, like, you know, there's some cards that see play and some things that might change. Like, there's that possibility. Like when we used to play WoW, that used to happen a lot. Like oh, there yeah. was a set that came out for one event and then like the treasure pack or something like that, that came out in yeah. between. So like Well, Magic you know, to my knowledge does that currently or or did in recent history where it was Pro Tour new set and the intent was that, okay, well, this is the first time to showcase whatever these new toys are. Which uh, I have no problem with. It was mm-hmm. just the fact that there was a major event that used the old meta. And right. I couldn't transition fast. Oh, yeah. I could. One, so. Well, there's it, <laughs> there's only so many hours to do the work. So that definitely yeah, yeah, makes yeah. sense. For me, I, I would prefer if there were a longer period. It, it also, for two reasons. One, it... I wanted more time to test, so I would have liked to put in more games with Blaster after we figured it out. Uh, obviously, that wasn't an option because the event was right around the corner. So there's that aspect of I just, and also because I say it all the time, I'm a weaker player than a lot of the other team members, so I need to put in those extra reps. And again, there just aren't that many hours. But aside from that, it also, I get that there are the, the store qualifier season after this. But the next large event is PAX, which will be featuring the new set. It kind of feels like, oh, here's the the big punch for Siege 1. And it doesn't matter for the remainder, almost. Uh, I know there will be other locals and things, but I, I wish there was one other large event. So we get, okay, here's all the stuff when people first see it. Okay, now that everybody has an idea and has their footing, how do they adapt? And we get the end of Siege 1 with it. Yeah, I mean, we just have to hope that the organized play large event... If, if, we, I don't, if we have that, that's great. Obviously, I'll take of more course. large events. Of course, yeah. Um, but you have to understand that that feeling that you have is unique to those of us that had qualified and were able to play at Gen Con, which is not a majority of them. Right, um, and, and I recognize that. Yeah. Not, it's not everybody, so... Yeah. Um, for them, the store qualifier season is the equivalent of what like us playing at Gen Con, except for now they actually have more formation under their belt. Of course. Um, so I think they're. I think what they're doing with this is is purposeful and is fine. I'm good with it. Um, I, I mean, I agree with you. I mean, that would just mean we just have to have more large events, which would be fine. By the <laughs> oh, um, by the way, a wizard just just have more yeah, stuff. Why not? Right. <laughs> fine by me. Yeah. 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 But I think that feeling is simply because we're qualified and like we get to quote, relax. But I, that's not the case for most people. So right, and as I well, it, it 
quote <laughs> relax is accurate because I actually tweeted that out after you know I after I was eliminated and I had a, a little chance to settle down. I tweeted out like, okay, I finished top eight, but now the real work begins because now it's okay. We I kept saying the big show for all of the elimination day events at the opens, but now it's the big show for us where we got to prepare and I got to kind of restrain the excitement because it's also well we got to wait for the rest of siege too to materialize so that we know what we're getting ourselves into i i just think players that, and i know i have heard other players that have that attitude i know there are players that didn't go to gen con because they were already qualified and things like that like mm-hmm. i think that's a mistake i think that there are like i there was a game that my first round with blaster i forgot to flip him one turn and i never got out the second cassette for example like mm. there are technical plays that you have to make no matter what deck you're playing that have to become muscle memory if you plan on yeah performing well at a large event and so Absolutely. like take, taking off this season and not supporting your local area and not playing in the qualifiers because you're qualified to me is a mistake well that that's something else to to bring up to kind of segue from there is that supporting your local scene is important in this off season i know we were talking about it offline before the show and we've mentioned it in various team chats that we all want to support our local scene and i'm upset that i i don't know if i can make this one at the time this goes live it'll have already happened but i wanted even though i just played i want to go to another one i want to play more and it's important to show that enthusiasm and because of the way as we understand it the the pass downs and things go is that you're not hosing anybody Right, and and like I said, like the game itself is very. Uh, I mean, we, we talked about this, and you can check out our interview with Watsi. Like, the game is technic can be technically difficult. Like, so yeah. you want to you want to get as many reps, especially like if you're used to playing one deck and you want to play something different. Just to oh, get good used lord, to going like, even just going yeah. like four white orange to three right. white orange, like it changes right. the whole outlook of matchups. Yep, exactly. Um, it doesn't. It doesn't mean you should ne- like intentionally play something you you feel is worse, but well, like of get course. reps with other things that you think are playable and like because because chances are something may only be a few cards off or you may discover it during the season. I mean, we discovered these decks pretty late in our testing, right? Um, I want to say like maybe a week to a week and a half before the event, right. where we really said, okay, we think these cards work. But here, because I'm weak against this, I'm going to adjust the deck in this way. Mm-hmm. So, like, I, I feel like you can... I, I get what you're saying about, like, our meta is over, but it's not. Like, the the, the, the store qualifier season meta, I'm hoping we see evolve. Oh, of course. Over and the I, next two months, so... I'm expecting it to, but that was my yeah. disappointment that there isn't a... Obviously, <clears throat> excuse me, people are going to travel to their store events and hopefully you get large numbers. I would be surprised if a local store pulled 80 to 100 people kind yeah, of thing. Same. And that's why I, I'm, I, I guess it, it came out worse than I intended. I'm just disappointed that we can't have Gen Con 2 in early October where it's now, okay, we've gone through, we had Gen Con, we had all the store qualifiers, now here's another big event to showcase everything again. Um, but that's real life. You can't have everything you want all the time. No, I mean, we just have to hope that they that these events have good results and right. 
I mean, all our indications everybody's happy with the turnouts, everybody's happy with the performances and everything like that. So absolutely, that we that it can grow in future years. So yeah, so it it's going to be exciting going into packs. It's going to be exciting in this the remainder of this season to see how things evolve. Because as you were saying earlier, Scott, the, this is only the surface, the tip of the iceberg. Other cliches that uh, we have seen from this meta, and I expect now that people have that information. Short qualifier season is going to get real interesting real fast. Agreed. So moving from there, because I kind of derailed everything with that whole discussion, we, we've we now gotten through the first two days, our first Wait, day. Wait, are, are we at Friday dinner or are we at... I get it. Well, do you want, are you going to tell the Friday dinner story? Is that where you're going with this? <laughs> no, we, we went to Yard House. It was better than going to other places so mm. we wound up spending like three meals at yard house it was a good place to go yeah shout out to uh yard house in indianapolis <laughs> my wife and i go there every year because we love that place it, it's actually really good um yeah. so yeah we we went out to eat after the event went over a whole bunch of stuff um that was the night i think i came back with you guys to record yes and so. by that by that time everybody was qualified yes so um yeah. So. And it. Um, yeah. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off there. If you were at something no, else. Um, a couple of our patrons got qualified in the last event overall. Yes. When we were, when we were eating, but the, um, we did a team dinner that night. And so like everybody at dinner was already qualified. So there was not a lot of pressure on us from that. Right. Yeah. It was yeah. just a matter of, uh, well, you guys got back to the Airbnb. I didn't get back until one o'clock in the morning again because I had to drive to the opposite end of the city, but them's the breaks. It happens. Um, you drove us back. Yeah, because we we had a uh, a very funny experience with what Mark <laughs> set his prize tickets on fire for <laughs> with the with yeah. his ridiculous sodas, chewing soda. Yeah. yeah so uh, again, if you're not sure what we're talking about, definitely go check out the videos because it it actually oh, is legit funny. Live on the podcast, uh, text from Wizards. Congratulations on earning a prize of the 2019 TCG Open Indianapolis. Wizards of the Coast has credited your e wallet account. Nice. There you go. So live on the podcast, nice. the surprise comes in pretty quick. They're, they're, yep. It's like they know what they're doing or something. They're, they're pretty good yep. at this, I've heard. Word on the street, the rumors. Um, so where were we as we <laughs> as we got sidetracked by that? Oh, yeah, we were, we were talking about... We're on, we're on Friday night. Yeah, Friday night with um, Mark's uh, ridiculousness at the, uh, the recording there. So after that... You and I were talking about last-minute changes to the blaster deck. You were making some last-second changes potentially to the general optimist that you were going to run the next day. Uh, you can see those blaster changes on the video if you look very carefully. Were they? They're on. They're on the table in front of us. Mm. You have, I don't even know if you can. I don't think the camera's tilted where you can see everything. Actually, card. make it you out. You can but definitely they... see I'm laying out blaster card. Right. Right. The. Uh, I ended up taking most of the advice. I think I ended up one or two cards off on the board and then definitely changed the main deck to uh, to suit what we both observed over the course of the, the previous two events, which was another advantage and why specifically why I wanted to run it so many times just to, okay, this is working, this is not working. Again, just more testing. Um, yeah. Other than that, all of everybody... So... You ran General Optimus, I ran Blaster, Palmer ran uh, General Optimus as well, Dan, yep. Dan played ran General Optimus, General Optimus. General Optimus. Okay. and Mark decided in the morning. What was that, Scott? You broke up. Mark decided in the morning to run 
Insecticons, everybody else ran General Optimus except for you, Rampa. Yeah, I I know he was debating between Insecticons and uh, and Cars, I believe. Which yep. Uh, it ended up he he drew <laughs> going back to the random pairings for top thirty two. He just drew a rough matchup, so didn't work out there, unfortunately. Um, so I guess well, I'll hand it over to you, Scott. Regale us with the story of your uh, your top four uh, dive. Um, so what, my whole match, like everybody I played? Well, give it, give us the, the overview. Cause I'm sure here's the other thing, everybody out there listening and watching, there's a lot to unpack from Gen Con. So while we're not covering every detail, don't worry, we're, we have a lot of decks and a lot of strategies and things to cover. And it's just, we kind of want to do the general idea of Gen Con for this one. I should have said that at the beginning, my bad. <laughs> No, I played inside the cons the first two rounds, which I built the deck to be stronger against than other three wide decks on purpose. Um, then I played the Wheeljack, Cliff Jumper, um, Lionizer deck in the top eight and won. And then I played the same deck in top eight and lost, and that's on stream. You can watch me. I've played I've I've played it over my mind many times and I think I did it as best as I possibly could. I was about to say we we spent like two and a half hours talking about literally one play, I think. There's a way I could have done it differently that would have I in in the not I don't want to be results oriented, but it would not have changed the results of the match would not have changed if I had played it it's not better. I think it's just differently. Um, if you were to watch the top four stream, I had an option when Fire Drive died to put it on Optimus or on Mirage. I chose to put it on Optimus. Swing with Optimus, expecting him to survive with a reflex circuits on, but he attacked me for 19 and I died anyway. Um, so Yeah, that, what are you going to do there? I mean, I mean, if he attacked me for like 17, I would have right 19. If, if it was... If it was, I think it had to be 18. So if he attacked for anything less than 18, I was fine. And I figured I can probably survive this. But the issue is if I put it on Barrage, then Barrage just gets eaten automatically. And then we're down to the same situation again. Um, and I probably, it just becomes instead of Barrage versus Wheeljack one-on-one, and I don't kill him in one hit, it becomes Optimus versus Wheeljack one-on-one. I can get him with the same two cards, Optimus off the bat up to 14. Mm-hmm. Um, where I need to do, what is it? I need to do. I need to do. He flipped two blues, so I had to do sixteen, and I would have done fifteen. And with the barrage, I only did fourteen, and that's why he lived. Gotcha. Um, but if it was the Optimus, I still wouldn't have got there because he flipped two out of three blues he had. So like results oriented, it wouldn't have mattered. Um, so I still think my line of play was correct. We just both did insane amounts of damage to each other. In the first few rounds, the games were over in right. like five minutes. So yes, um, <laughs> that's definitely it true. Was great, it was it was a great match. Um, William was a great opponent. Like we we were. I mean, it was it was a very friendly match. Like it was very mm. fun and like um, very laid back. Just like you know, hey, it is what it is. Like there was like it was like we both the battle masters were both drawing a bunch of cards. Like it was kind of like we're both just playing our own game. There was no like right right. My draw was terrible and your draw was terrible because we both drew so many cards that like it was just kind of it leveled everything. Yeah yeah. So, um, it was definitely my worst matchup of the four in the top four. Like I would have mm-hmm. much preferred to play either of the other two because I feel like I, I feel like I built the deck to be stronger against four wide decks mm-hmm. given the amount of right um, burn that I had in the deck. 
Gotcha. The amount of blues that I have in the deck, but like, it is what it is. Like, it was definitely my worst matchup out of the four. So. Right. Makes sense. Uh, one thing that that came up. So after I was eliminated, so they they put everything on stream at top four. Uh, my wife came by because she was checking in after one of her events because she was off playing in a different tournament or a couple different other tournaments, and she had brought me food. So I'm sitting there because I would I was ready to pass out. I was so hungry. I was stuffing my face with Taco Bell as I watched like the entire Transformers crowd disappear into behind the curtain where they had the top four set up, and then. Five minutes later, they shuffle everybody back out because they didn't want any of the players in there. But they it was cool that they had uh, one of the Watsi team members as well as uh, Stefan. Is that Jamie from Powered by Primus was the other yep. guy? Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. I saw him and I didn't get the chance to introduce myself. So I know of him. Uh, but it was cool that they had players casting the matches as well. Uh, and I hope they continue that going forward. Agreed. Yeah, it, it was it was definitely cool to have that level of participation for this level of event. So, and um, I'm more than willing to do that commentary if I'm not wizards occasionally. Sure, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I think we all would. I think we all want yeah. a chance in that limelight because that seemed really cool. So, uh, for my part, it was I played uh, Shockwave, a three wide Shockwave variant. Um, long story short, I have a lot of press the advantages. So. Yep, you, you can kind of surmise where that one went. <laughs> um, the then I played against teammate John Palmer. Uh, as Scott had said, he was playing General Optimus, and I went into the tank for a very long time because on turn one I flipped a piece through tyranny. Obviously, I didn't play the piece through tyranny, but and this will be something that we probably get into because you brought up some stuff, Scott, as well. That when we do our third part of our tournament prep and evaluation series of how we look back at this event and which plays, which strategies, which things did we do or not do that influence things. And one of the things is learning from during the event. And earlier in the event, I had missed a piece through tyranny play. So basically after that match, every time I saw a piece in my hand or I flipped it with a blaster or I had a chance to play it, it was, okay, hold on. I'm going to take a minute and figure out, does this actually make sense? Turn one, it doesn't really make sense. But uh, it was definitely a moment of, I need to run through this and see if I'm going to set up something good or not. Uh, And then ultimately after that, I was eliminated by the eventual champion, Kevin again. Congratulations there. I played him in the earlier qualifiers and all six of our games were ridiculous. They basically always came down to the last turn. Uh, I ended up sig- making two significant misplays in that top eight match, which cost me in game three, of course. Uh, so it stings a little bit, but I know what I screwed up. So hopefully I can fix it going forward, which is the silver lining, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I think, like I said, as part of the evaluation going forward, and we'll talk about this when we do that show, is just being able to pinpoint those things and what caused them, how did they happen, and most importantly, how do you address them going forward? But again, topic for another day. Mm-hmm. So uh, after that, the uh, we went and got food with, I don't know if you want to tell the story. I, I hesitate to say we got food because I, I feel like we could still be waiting now for that food to come. It was bad. You know what pisses me off is that they canceled our reservation, even though we eventually used it. So I didn't even get my 
open table points, which pisses me off. I think more. Wait, than what? Else. Yeah, <laughs> really? Because I didn't know that. Oh god. Because what wound up happening was when our friend changed the reservation from six people to eight people, and they wanted to back it up three hours. They wound up just using that one instead of mine. I so gotcha. I didn't. I didn't get the open table points, which pisses me off even more. To be honest with you, unfortunate. I uh, throw that out there. <laughs> yeah, it. Um, I don't remember the name of the place, but I'll be honest. I'm gonna stick to the yard house when I go to Indy. Oh, I do. It's the Weber Girl. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it was. Um, it did not go well at all. It. It was an unmitigated disaster. Is kind of the way I would describe it. Um, well, let's see. We. We got our reservation was at eight. We got there at six. We walked back to the hall to turn in tickets because I wasn't going to be there on Sunday. Again, that's where I picked up all the blast reverse downway. So thanks to Past Times for putting those available. Yeah. We walked back. Our table still wasn't ready. And now, in fairness, like I said, our reservation was at eight. And like, but we thought, hey, we're here two hours early. Can you fit us early? No problem. But then the amount of food that was missing pre and post order was ridiculous. So my recommendation for Jengon Dining. If you're going to take this is go super high end or go the Friday's hula hands level. Don't do anything in between. <laughs> yeah. The, um... like the yard house is fine. <laughs> you're going to pay $20 plate. No problem. Or hmm. go to like butcher and singer or St. Elmo's and like one of the steakhouses and pay $50. Don't pay 35. It's not worth it. So you're saying, what about the food trucks, Scott? You're not a fan of food trucks. I mean, where did they exist? I don't know. I saw a coffee truck when we walked. You didn't see. Oh, I saw. Did you really not see the food trucks? Like literally, right out the front door. <laughs> I was there daylight during that period because I only I only think I ever walked out of there was for was for dinner. See, we always we always get the uh, parking garage that's literally right across from the uh, the convention hall. So we as we're walking in, we always see them. And I always it, I got my uh, island noodles like I do every year because I make oh, okay. a point to do that. I got it on Sunday because Sunday was uh, the relaxation day for my wife and I, where we we casually walked through the dealer hall that still took six hours because there's a bazillion people, uh, and we got to well, hang that, out. That is one thing we didn't mention. Like so, Saturday interview with Watsi, and we had our time wrong, so we had plenty of time in the morning, mm. and then we went to go we went to go get quote lunch, and then we actually tried to walk the dealer hall. That didn't work because it was a mountain of people, and it's yes. kind of disgusting and. They need to they need to cap this at some point because you just can't even move. Yeah, there was definitely points where it it's yeah there there's just a gazillion people. It, it's strange to think about how big that convention center is, and it's like wow, there's there's still that many people that it's wall to wall people. I mean, like I I was ahead of you by like one person, and then suddenly it was like five people, and then it was like ten people by the time we got like. Yeah, it's very much I mean, just it a ridiculous, stream ridiculous. of yeah, exactly. Um, so you basically for you, you only got to see, I guess, outside of Transformers, you didn't see much of the show over the course of the weekend. Is that correct? No, not at all. Yeah, because no. I, well, but, but I purposely didn't want to go back on Sunday. Like, so I got my flight at ten thirty in the morning on Sunday. Uh-huh. So like, I knew that was going to happen because I guess I should say I also consciously made the decision to play on the Friday one, even though I I saw. I use my own advice that we talked about on the podcast. Sign up mm-hmm. for all four events up front. Thanks, pastimes. I was able to get my refund, and thanks, Gen Con, for the events I didn't play in. But, like, sure, I could have not played on Friday and walked the dealer hall for hours upon hours and probably made it 10 feet. Um, but I chose to play again. So that would have been the best opportunity because we weren't done of course. usually by 6. So, like, I couldn't get back to the dealer hall. I wasn't 
Yeah. I'm not playing any other TCGs right now. I don't play board games competitively, so I wasn't like there to test games and things like that. And honestly, like the day just kind of flies by. Oh yeah, and, like, for sure. And I've said this before, like I'm there to do what I'm going to do. I don't care that I'm at a convention. I mean, it, obviously it's convenient for everybody else that like oh, there's course. other things to do, but that's not me. Yeah. So I, I what I what I did with other things was hang out with friends that I have from years past that at the time we're not playing Transformers and got to see them people from other games like that was my non-transformers experience was seeing friends that play other games talking gotcha. to them more than it was like trying other things yeah yeah i did run into a bunch of people from other games or or years past that uh you know we cross paths in the exhibitor hall or we cross paths in the actual ccg hall or uh my wife could officially say that she won a game on lucas oil stadium field because uh, she was playing yep. out there so which was pretty cool so we did end up for us, like I said, we went through the exhibitor hall and, you know, tried a bunch of stuff, kind of just do a wind down for the weekend because obviously, as we were talking about leading up into it and then actually playing in the events, there's a, a lot of like building up tension and then it's just, okay, you can decompress now that the event is officially over. Yeah. So, so uh, I, don't how, I don't know how your Sunday was, but this. Yeah, it, it went it went pretty smoothly. Like I said, there wasn't any anything exciting. It was demo this, try that, yeah. uh, take a look at this thing. Oh, those are that's a cool set of sleeves or something that I might want to pick up. Swing by the BCW booth to pick up more uh, top loaders, things like that. Yeah. Um, so I guess as a whole for the event, anything that stood out to you? So the, for example, in or at Origins, one of the big concerns was time and draws. Do you? F- there were draws and games went to time, but do you think that the community is following the pattern that I guess Wizards was trying to set forth of, hey, you just got to learn, play faster? So the format is more orange-based, which helps not have as many draws currently. That's one thing that is like, but it's not a like coincident causality thing. It's not that. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the games that did go to time, from what I heard, just you know actually heard people saying because i wasn't some of them was like there was an air of inevitability where it was like why are we going to play these two turns out like we know it's going to be a draw right there was like because because we weren't going to life totals because it wasn't in the elimination rounds that didn't exist so it seemed like except for a couple exceptions the the matches were inevitably going to be draws so it was like okay we're not done let's just draw and it was that was it like that was the end of it so like right the rounds past time didn't really go that far the other thing is i felt like we definitely i always had like time to shuffle up and deal that i didn't have um at origins where it was like uh pairings are up in the round start that was that was what happened like that did not happen here so there was definitely a much better job there Mm -hmm. um it was easier to find my pairing because they had like, all the information. So you could look, if you knew your DCI number, you could find it that way. If you yep. had your last name, you could do it that way. So that was smoother. Um, well, for you, it was easier. For us that have like t- 12 digit <laughs> DCI numbers, yours is like three. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. it kind of stands out. <laughs> yeah, it's easy. <laughs> mm. But uh, no, like time wasn't an issue for me. And, and it really for anybody, like there was a couple notable exceptions. Um, of course. But. In general, like I said, the era of inevitability seemed to be with, we're going to draw, let's just draw. So people... Not like... Oh, go ahead, sorry. 
Not like I'm going to go in some tank and like I get to attack with one character. I'm obviously not going to kill your three guys or me. Would you say then that just in general the community is adapting and because they've now had – at the time they had a competitive level event under their belts collectively. Obviously the, the specific faces may be different but – even the spectators who couldn't make it to Origins, if they went to Gen Con, they at least had the opportunity to say, oh, well, that's how that mapped out. I'm going to be more prepared going in. Do you think that had an impact at all? I would have to think it did. Um, I don't have any proof that it did, but it seems right. that way. Yeah. So aside from the, the time and draws thing, which again was a, a big topic from Origins, was there anything else that stood out to you in general, whether it did like Anywhere across the board. I know we talked about the decks and how uh, the meta is going to shape up a, t- a little bit, and we'll talk about it going forward. But anything else jump out to you from this event? If we're not going to talk about meta and decks? Well, I mean, um, if you want to go that route, but I mean, I'm, we're obviously going to get into it more in future episodes. There's a lot of Autobots. Way too many. Yeah, there, there's uh, there's a lot of Autobots. I, uh, I wonder why. <laughs> yeah. There's certain cards that work well with Autobots and Decepticons don't have the equipments. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's a very orange-based meta. Um, but that's a, I expect that to change as people get acclimated to what there is. C.1. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> so it might not change if we don't C.1. Um, well, yes. There wasn't much, I mean, the cry was to ban, I mean, there was, how do I put this? Um, <laughs> you trying to be cautious? All right, take a second, take a second. How do I put this in a nice way? Um, the, the players at the event, like, there wasn't, for example, a lot of, like, Optimus Prime Battlefield Legend, yet in periphery media, at the same exact time the event was going on, there was discussion about banning him, which was a hilarious terribleness to me because there wasn't <laughs> he wasn't heavily represented at the event so i don't know what you're complaining about um wait, but that did surprise that did. me because, because oh god sorry he, he didn't even show up as much and as often as i thought he would like in the laser type build so like i would just say right. i mean he showed up in a lot of sideboards like i think i mean we sideboarded him in three wide optimus for example <laughs> i think i sided into um or maybe like three times a weekend gotcha um so like that surprised me a little bit, but I I think that's still like the the orange bias. I mean, I know people did qualify with throughout Optimus, but I'm not sure the deck got that much out of the set. Right. Um, I, I I think there was a decent amount of siege cards that were. I mean, definitely yeah, that, that's on true. The character side on the character side, especially for sure. Um. The seven drop battle masters showed up as I expected them to do, um, and not a lot of other battle masters showed up. Like I didn't see a single smash down. I didn't see a single night heat. I didn't see a single cog. I didn't see a single. I saw uh, aimless running around, but he didn't. Well, he said he, he's seven cost, so he counts as like the rest. Okay, of you're lumping him the, in there. Okay, yeah, yeah, he was the least played of the three, but right, the seven cost battle masters. The other ones just didn't. No Taraxodon. I saw Ultra Magnuses and Shockwaves. I don't believe I saw Cog. I, there might have been a General Megatron floating around. Um, On Thursday, there were Megatrons, but that was the only time I ever really saw them. Gotcha. Um, there were no Firecons. There were no... <laughs> well, yes. As much as I wanted them. I really, really wanted them, but 
I forget who said it first, but I think we all kind of echoed the sentiment of like, why don't you just play Dinobots? But <laughs> there were like no Captain Star screams. There were no. I like, did see one, uh, and I remember. I think some of the photos, like the game over from the photo, um, somebody had a King Star scream and play. I think, uh, but yeah, it was not making a big splash. <laughs> oh, there were no MicroMasters that I saw at all, except the, like. Did I s- in Soundwave decks that did not do well, so... Yeah, um, I don't remember seeing any. So, yeah, I saw no MicroMasters. Yeah, it, it's definitely interesting to see. They, they're one that I would f- put in the category of if they're going to succeed, they probably needed more time in the oven to figure it out. Yeah, it's just a different play pattern that people would need. Exactly, um, there, yeah. There were Metroplexes. Yes. There were. No, I mean, I know they were there, but I didn't see it. And I... Well, apparently, somebody said that a Menacer almost qualified but I don't know how. Um, I know there was point one, but um, really, because I was going to say I know there was a Menasaur, but my own, I forget which event it was. But I thought he, whoever was running it, got thrashed. But I could be wrong. This is what I heard. I don't okay. Um, there were no, there remained no combiners outside of areas. Um, there was like no Dreadwing. There was no yeah Constructicons. There was no. Um, I mean, and when I say no, I, I I don't mean literally was running. I mean like not. They very quickly didn't end up at the top tables. Yeah, yeah. No Predacons, no Dreadwing, no, no Sentinels. There were no Sentinels, which surprised me. But I mean, even being played as a non-combiner, um, obviously there were no Sentinels, which was a a deck that was um, in the Rise of the Combiners meta. Right. So of the decks that were in the Rise of the Combiners meta, I would say that was the one that surprised me. Didn't show up hardly at all, but I think it just kind of got gotten replaced by the Cars decks. Probably, yeah. Um, because basically the Battlemaster set up a similar situation to having those free in the scrap pile. Like you, right. you get something eventually that you didn't have by getting the weapon. So right. I think that kind of just replaced that. But yeah, I, I mean, mm. for me personally, I thought Siege was pretty well represented what was there. Right. Um, and I, I still think there's more room to be explored. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I was, I was... I was pretty impressed with the the amount of decks that were out there from from that set. What he said, because uh, <laughs> that's pretty <laughs> much how I feel. No, no, it, yeah. that's perfectly fine. Because that I did see, like I said, a lot of interesting things. Some of them look like they had potential, and maybe you know a play error here or a, a deck change there. Maybe they're going to go somewhere. Uh, other ones, maybe maybe not so much. But <laughs> uh, it was definitely good to see all of the. And I think even the Watsi guys had commented that I don't remember if they specifically said in the interview, but that there was such a wide variety of things that there were people trying different things, and like you said, that Siege was making a splash, which you'd kind of hope going in that it's like, okay, I want to try the new stuff. Yeah. So it definitely worked out in on that end. So that kind of covers the high level for. Gen Con 2019. Uh, obviously, as I mentioned, we're going to dive into a whole lot of other details as in the coming weeks and months as we talk about the spoilers that are coming up or how they interrelate with the things we saw or how certain decks are evolving through the store qualifier season. But there's still a lot of things to unpack from this event in particular. Uh, and we'll be getting into more detail as we move forward. So yeah. uh, we're currently sitting at I think about an hour and 
20 or so, Scott, do you feel frisky enough to uh, dive into the spoilers? Do you want to save them for a future episode? Uh, we should save them, I think, for a future episode. Sounds good to me. So uh, we'll we'll leave those, our thoughts on Trypticon, and uh, today was Hot Rod, so uh, we'll cover those at a future date. But for we do Scott- have the spoilers up at, all the spoilers up at Vector Sigma.info. We, we, I changed the Wave 3 link to be... Siege 2. Awesome. Yeah, I should have called that out earlier. It's a good point bringing that up. So for all of your uh, spoiler update needs, you can definitely check out VectorSigma.info to uh, keep up to date on the Siege 2 Wave 4 cards that are coming out. So I guess that kind of does it for this episode. For Scott, for myself, as always, thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. And please tune in next time for more Tech Talk. Hey, guys. Dan here from VectorSigma.info. We wanted to take this moment to thank all of our patrons for believing in the service we're providing. If you're not yet a member of a Patreon, feel free to click on the link for other podcasts like this one or Verse videos or any of the other great content that we provide on our YouTube channel. Thanks, guys.